Well, hello and once again, welcome to the Caledonian Kings Wrestling Podcast. And today, we're continuing our journey through WWE in 2005. It's late January, which can only mean one thing. It's my favourite pay-per-view of the year. I'm your host, Mark, the Mark. Uh, joining me as ever, it's Vince McMahon's right quad of podcasting, ready to tear this show apart. <laughs> sure, welcome to the show. <laughs> Always a pleasure, Mark. <laughs> Royal Rumble 2005. I was really looking forward to doing this one. I think it's one of the most underrated Rumble cards um, kind of gets lost in the shuffle a wee bit in terms of being the best, but it's pretty good um, on paper going into this one. Yeah, I think it always gets overshadowed by the actual match itself, which is a, a standout, but yeah, card's, the card's uh, pretty decent as well. Uh, so I think it would be quite nice to fill in the gaps here, obviously with the New Year's Revolution um, at the start of the month, and I think it's nice to sort of go from there to where we are now. Um, so I, that, that card was sort of riddled with some injuries, so Eugene was injured in that one, um, as well as Lita. Um, Eugene's injury, so he had a title defence with William Regal, um, dislocated his knee during the match, so they won that match with the Austin Owen-like roll-up uh, called on the fly, so the titles were actually switched at a house show, which is very rarely done. Uh, Larry Zistan's picking up the titles from against William Regal and his uh, partner on the night, Jonathan Coachman, so I imagine there was a bit of antics going on there. Um, so that's where those <laughs> titles are shifted to. <laughs> um Obviously, Lita was also injured. I think she tore her ACL, uh, so she'd be reaction for a few months. She would come back um, towards WrestleMania team, so I'm sure we'll get to that one when it, when it comes around. Um, also on the injury list, Rob Van Dam tearing both his ACL and his MCL at house show, so that's both knees. Uh, sorry, both um, cruciate ligaments done in the same leg there. Um, so he'll Jeez, be out for quite some time as well. <laughs> uh, I quite riddled with injuries at the minute. You might be wanting to strap your knees up before you go out. Okay, it'll be in 2005. Um, as for the Rumble match itself on this show, uh, qualifier matches were held on TV throughout um, Raw and SmackDown, as well as at house shows as well, which was what, sort of one of the selling points um, that we're hoping for at house shows that so-and-so is going to be taking on so-and-so, the one that would get the spot, the spot in, the, in the Rumble. Um, quite a smart way to do things. Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah, brings in the punters. Yeah, always really enjoyed that as well, you know, that, that you had to qualify, it's, it's a prestigious match to be mm-hmm. in. Um, Definitely. Could change your, change your whole co- uh, course of your career, so fair enough. And for the world title feud, obviously coming out of that one on Raw, uh, Batista and Randy Orton were pitted against each other um, after New Year's Revolution, and the winner would get the title shot against Triple H uh, at the Royal Rumble. Of course, Randy Orton would get that one, um, and again, another slow tease of, of Triple H and, and Batista's dissension was on that show. Triple H came up on the apron with a steel chair. Batista was saying, no, I don't want a steel chair. Uh, he eventually he actually gets knocked into Triple H. That cost him the match. Um, so I'll, I'm just loving the slow build that we're getting here, you know, this gradual you know, Batista Triple H thing, um, which we'll get to later on in the show. Other talking points in January 2005, Stone Cold Steve Austin had signed a three-movie deal with the company. Um, he did a press conference announcing this deal with Vince McMahon as his first public appearance with WWE since his referee appearance at the shit show Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg at Mania 20. <laughs> um, Hulk Hogan was also back in the company's good books. Uh, he was spotted backstage at a SmackDown taping. Uh, rumours were swirling at this time of him being inducted into the 2005 Hall of Fame class. Um there's a fantastic story, which I hadn't heard before, but New Jack was telling folks that he'd signed with WWE and was going to be revealed as the madman who stabbed John Cena, if you can remember that storyline. Uh, <laughs> of course, that never happened to WWE when you touched New Jack with a barge pole. Um, but he was running around telling people that. Just imagine New Jack and WWE. I don't think it would have ended well. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell if that's kayfabe or not. <laughs> New Jack stabbings, you know, it's always... Yeah, it could always happen. <laughs> um, so... I'm sure, I'm sure he was willing to do that uh, in front of a live crowd just to, you know, keep kayfabe about it there. But uh, 
And the other talking point of January was ECW's DVD, The Rise and Fall of ECW. Um, that was released by the company. I think it was actually late 2004 it was released. Um, but by the end of January, it would be up to 90-odd thousand sales, making it the second best-selling WWE DVD of all time behind WrestleMania 20. I think it would I think it would overtake that eventually. Um, but that's quite important, considering we're going to be covering the whole of 2005. Yes, um, yes. There's a slow story here as well. They also put up a an ECW T-shirt, the bland ECW sort of logo on a black T-shirt, sold out almost instantly. So demand was obviously there for ECW, um, and that nostalgia hadn't quite died off yet. So be sure to see when WWE capitalised that in 2005. Um, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> so Royal Rumble 2005, we might as well get into the show. Of course, the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, such a cornerstone of the WWE. I mean, every January it rolls around. Excitement amongst wrestling fans peaks, the thought of nostalgia, unpredictability, um, and expectations are always high. 2005 was no different. The 18th annual Royal Rumble pay-per-view presented by SmackDown and Raw. A five-match card, two world title matches, um, two sort of blood feud matches, and of course, the Royal Rumble match itself being the cherry on top there. Um, Rumble pay-per-view, sure, always the most exciting time of the year, isn't it? It's the high point. It is, it is uh, WWE getting into high gear uh, for WrestleMania season. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're not... WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. It's absolutely their, their, their cliche business model, isn't it? Even if you're not that interested um, in WWE, you always... I'll, I'll always watch the Rumble. Yeah. Always. And it'll always lead me to wanting to watch it up to Mania. Yeah, as I said there, you know, that unpredictability that no other match seems to have, you know. Um, you throw 30 guys in there coming out entrant by entrant you don't know who's going to be in there you don't know what feuds are going to be started off in there what moments you might be given um there's always something for everybody in there be a bit of excitement the opening video package about the rumble match itself leads us to the the save march center at fresno state in fresno state california it's a bit of a mouthful um 12,000 in attendance, 11,000 of which paid, leading to, leading to a live gate of 750,000 us uh T- ticket average, uh, $68.18. A little bit pricey, but it's a big pay-per-view. Um, and a very healthy 564,000 pay-per-view buys worldwide. Uh, third highest of the year, obviously, behind SummerSlam and WrestleMania. So, falling into place there on the pay-per-view buys scale. Um, as to what would have you believe anyway, SummerSlam's obviously the second biggest show of the year. Yeah, I tend to disagree with that. Good, number, good numbers for the Rumble, though. Um, Absolutely. I don't, well. I don't see why they only do... Like a 12,000 seat, they could probably fill in a 25,000 seat. I see them with the Rumble. They have done a few times as well, um, yeah. especially the last few years and uh, current times. Um, some a lot bigger arenas, 50 odd thousand, etc. Um, I'm sure this year's will set a record low. But <laughs> <laughs> Michael Cole and Taz for SmackDown, they bring us into the arena. Um, of course, I'm sure you were delighted. Oh, sure. love, love it. First, first taste of Taz in 2005. Um, I think 2003, four was his best, his best years. But no, <laughs> just... he's on the downward spiral. Ah, it's, it, it, this is when he's starting to really feud with like Taz and JR and he's been a bit bitchy on commentary oh, and stuff. Like. I don't yeah. know if he's going to be got a little, a little overconfident now. Um, it's getting to his <laughs> head, big. this whole best colour commentator <laughs> in the business thing. Um, he's getting too big for his boots. Yeah, put, put him over too much. Um, so, of course, they put over the winner of the Royal Rumble main event, WrestleMania, um, against a champion of their choice. Um, that's quite important as well. Hugo Savinovich and Carlos Cabrera on Spanish commentary. Great commentators, always loved them. Um, and over to GR and Jerry the King Lawler for the opening contest. Edge versus Shawn Michaels. <sighs> what, what an opening match. <laughs> it's, it's not bad, is it? <laughs> it's, uh, as soon as you hear the Edge's music th- hit, you think, oh, why? This will be good. This will be uh, a good opener. So, uh, we better there for the New Year's Revolution. They obviously, Michaels was the special guest referee in the Chamber match. Um, cost Edge. 
the match there. Um, Sweet Chair Music got him eliminated out of the match. Um, and of course, Edge cost Triple uh, HBK. His title match at Taboo Tuesday um, back in October, I believe. So it's been one of those feuds that's sort of been, you know, they cost each other, so now they've got a problem. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not bad. It's simple enough. Yeah. You cost, um, you, you cost me, I'm going to cost you. Let's fight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so straight into the match, they jump the gun, quick start. Uh, HBK clotheslines edge to the outside. And skins a cat coming back and we shades of his previous oh, Royal Rumble victory. Fucking hell. Can't even he cannot even wait and leave that for the match the Rumble match. <laughs> Just fucking get it on done with. Yeah. Mm. Um Edge's facials are really good in this one. Some back and forth. Um Edge seemed out of position twice on two different spots, one inside the ring and one on the outside. Did you catch that? Uh, that was my overall thought on the match <laughs> was yeah. that, that they were continually uh, out of position. Yeah, but we'll get to it. Yeah, there seemed to be a couple of different things. I mean, at one point, Michael just gives him a bit of brow beating in the ring, um, and then one, one on the outside, he just says, "Oh, come on, you know." Like, yeah, it was the it was the uh, the edgeomatic spot on the yeah. outside. It took them it took them two times to get it right. Yeah, it was a bit. <sighs> a bit I mean, it looked good. It looked good. Um, it goes to show though, you get you can get two great wrestlers, but sometimes when you go in there, they just don't they click. Just, sometimes don't, and they, they, there was a lack didn't. of chemistry here. Um, and I'm pretty sure afterwards, Michael said, uh, that, "That's enough of that." Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So. I like that dramatic on the outside, nice spot. Um, Michaels goes for a drop kick inside the ring, Edge catches him and hits him with an immediate power bomb. They're a nice, nice spot as well. Yep, um, yep. Straight into a sleeper, walks over Sean for a while, keeping him grounded where he can't use his sweet chin music. I like that the, the commentators refer to that, very simple. Um, we have Michaels hits a good comeback after a while, um, slingshot into the corner, roll up only gets a two. Uh, this prompts Edge to leave up the ramp and a huff. Uh, <laughs> Of course, the babyface pursues, brings him back to the ring. Um, but just as Mr. Michaels gets distracted by the referee trying to get him back in the ring, Edge recovers enough to spear HBK on the outside, but he manages to get back in just on the count of nine. Um, Edge toots up his own band. Um, <laughs> I, I like when guys do that when they mock someone else's thing. You know, just it's such a bastard thing to do. Yeah, that that was the only kind of standard storyline of this match was that Edge was uh, stealing Shawn Michaels' taunts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I'll do me, I'll do me just fine. Um, I, I still think he was very much on the, the blander side of his heel run here. Oh, um, 100%. Absolutely. It's, it's still to really develop, and that was the first sign of something that Edge would do constantly. Mm-hmm. Later on, obviously, I remember he'd seen a feud and stuff like that, he constantly would just mock him um, and everything he did. It seemed a little bit slower at this at this stage in his career, probably still learning that curve a wee bit. I think uh, it's how they pick up pace when they get paired with Alita. Yeah, I'd agree with that, yeah. Um, probably because there was some real life heat thrown in yeah, there. Yeah, well. I was going to say it's the, it's the Matt Hardy feud that set it off. So um, we'll get to that in a few months' time. Yeah. <laughs> so after Edge tooting up the band, he hits a big spear uh, and Michaels kicks out too. Edge physically pulls his hair out, which I think is such a cool visual. I love that. Mm. Um, Edge purchases HBK. I made things difficult for myself the other day, Stuart. Uh, <laughs> Pisses him on the top, he fights back, knocks Edge to the mat, and hits the big elbow drop before humping the mat viciously. Um, which I found. Did you did you did you notice this? No, like he was trying no, to sell, no, and he was just dry humping that. the mat, and I'm going, that's a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit. <laughs> you before the PG here, I bet. I mean, yes, yeah, a, a bit much. <laughs> but strange. Um, Michael toots up his own band, goes for the sweet chair music. Edge ducks the kick and transitions into the electric chair drop. Absolutely gorgeous. Only gets a two count. Um, he then locks in a sort of inverted sharpshooter. I think he had a name for it, but I couldn't remember it. Um, Michael's hands in there for a long time, long enough to get the ropes. Edge tries to lock it in again. HBK gets an inside cradle, uh, almost catches Edge, but he gets out at two before um, another roll through. Edge counters it into um, 
a roll up exposing Michael's arse to the live crowd, evidently. Uh, oh, they love that. They fucking love that spot, man. <laughs> Him, fucking Flair and Triple H, they all love it. Angle as well. Angle's fun. Uh, the, the old arse out. Yeah. <laughs> Never goes amiss. Uh, yeah. He sits on the pin, holds the ropes, and gets the three count, beating Michael's after 18 minutes and 32 seconds. Um, be a bit long of an opener, but given who was involved, it was probably worthy of that, and it was, I thought it was pretty decent. Uh, it was. It, it wasn't a bad match. There was, just, there was just nothing overly exciting about it. Uh, I think the star power in the match suggested a better match. Um, I quite like the finish, though, but as you said, uh, far too long. And uh, Edgy's inverted sharpshot was called the Educator. Educator. Good lad. Um, <laughs> I, I thought some, there were some good spots, uh, some good story, nice near falls. Despite the sort of finish, came out of nowhere a wee bit, but I liked the way they built it. Um, if that makes sense, you know, it was kind of like they had their big moves, and then mm-hmm. it's just like, I'm going to have to cheat to win this. Um, Babyface, you know, he's got an out and the heel's got some heat, so I kind of, you know, you take that a pinch of salt there. Um, obviously, they're, they're oh, both going to be in the Rumble match later. Yeah, but fucking Michaels isn't going to lose clean going into Mania season, you know what I mean? That's... No. Um, so backstage, we see Silver Fox Eric Bischoff. Um, I wonder if he starts dying his hair this year. I don't know. <laughs> no, he's, he's, no, 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 no. He already. That's him, Gray, until he's finished. Was he not Gray in WCW for a while? He was. Yeah, but then he came back to WWE, it was like fully died again, like he went back in time. And like fucking three foot long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he slick back and everything. Brilliant. Um, so him and Player Player, Teddy Long, uh, obviously the two general managers of their respective ba- uh, brands, uh, they have a lot of back and forth. This is going to go on through the night. Um, who's going to win the Rumble, blah, blah, blah. And we get our first number drawing of the evening out of the old Tumbola. Um, stick that in your Tumbola, <laughs> you wee bastard. So, Ric Flair and Eddie Guerrero come in. Uh, they pick their number. Ric Flair picks his first. Um, he's on top form tonight, by the way. Throughout the entire show, Ric Flair is on form. Um, yes, yes. Eddie embraces Ric Flair after... See, he picks his number. He's not too happy about his. Ric Flair's delighted with his. Um, gives him an embrace leaves and then Ric Flair shows his number to everybody else they're all going why is he so happy about it mm-hmm. he turns around and checks it Eddie Guerrero stole his number he swapped the numbers around um, <laughs> and he goes in pursuit of them I thought this was a lovely wee segment actually I thought it was really well done it, it, it's probably one of the best backstage moments there's ever been uh, yeah. it's it's fucking incredible the, the best thing about Eddie is as well like seeing that whole segment he barely said a word he was so quiet mm-hmm. you know, he didn't have to say anything he didn't have to be over there he just sort of kept his head down and got on with things because the reveal was the joke at the end you know, the, bit, the best bit was that part at the end where he goes yeah and he's got my number, and then they all realise what he was up to and why he was so quiet. I loved that. I absolutely loved that. Um, then the next best segment of the night, um, backstage, Big Creepy Heidenreich, joined by Big Creepy Snitsky. She could cut the sexual tension with a knife. Um, the lighting <laughs> is red here. Should be green. Uh, <laughs> obviously, the grass is greener. No one needs to her own screen. Um, heavy breathing it makes me very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> Especially two big burly lads like these two, man. Oh, I mean, they just sort of look at each other. <laughs> it's heavy breathing constantly. I can't even what the, the breathing was louder than what they were saying. And I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, so Snitsky says he has an idea for Heidenreich who does not like caskets. And that leads us into our next match. Uh, the Undertaker versus Heidenreich in a casket match. So Vince McMahon's latest big man project, Heidenreich, um, a maniac who loves poetry, has been attempting to take out the Undertaker. Um, not knowing you obviously can't kill what's already dead, Egypt. Uh, so Undertaker stepped up the food, introduced caskets, which Heidenreich hates caskets. Uh, this should be interesting, would you think? <laughs> <laughs> I've just got visions of Heidenreich um, reading Michael Cole poems if he's raping him. <laughs> mm. It's just... I remember that. I, I really remember that scene. Uh, I just remember yes. him just leaning over Cole and Cole just shit scared. And this guy's <laughs> breathing on him, reading him poetry. I'm like, what in the fuck? 
Ah, uh, he was doomed from the start, wasn't he? So, um, any before we get into it, because obviously there's so much to talk about here with Heidenreich. Any any great memories of Big Hayden Heidenreich or? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in reference to my earlier joke as well, it comes out in there as green lighting, so uh, it's well suited to him because um, he's absolutely green as grass. I don't get what he's trying to be like. Surely by name, like Heidenreich, he should be a big fucking nasty German. Yeah, he's like, just and, and like a Terminator like one. You yeah, know, like yeah, half robotic to some degree. Um, but I mean, he's coming he's, he's, like, he's gloves on, like like checker wears, you know, and like yeah. Yeah, it must have been the fucking the style at the time. Like that would be when UFC were starting to get traction, were they not? Yeah, probably. Right, time, yeah. So, um, my uh, the main point in this match was um, it, why is it always Undertaker that needs to deal with these clowns? You know, like see, like the big fucking useless yeah. plodding bastards. Um, I've compiled a wee list. Um, Heidenreich, <laughs> please. Heidenreich, Great Cali, uh, Gonzalez. Diesel, you'll like that one. Yes. Uh, Nathan Jones, yeah. uh, Mabel. Fuck yeah. Um, I would have said Mark Henry, but Mark Henry ended up not too bad. Yeah. Uh, it's like fucking big useless giants. Ah, just put them in Taker. You'll get something out of them. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't ever get anything out of them. I, I don't. I just don't get it. Uh, it seems to be they're bringing somebody up. They'll just go put him in Taker because Taker's mm. probably a safe hand, you know, in terms of like. He'll make sure the guy doesn't die or anything. <laughs> but I mean, this was at the point where I thought, fucking hell, Taker, surely you're just about to retire here. Uh, um, and Kane was in the same boat. Obviously, Kane's deal missing it. at this point, but I think Kane got hit with a lot of that shit. And Big Show as well. But these yeah. big guys like, who, who are probably so trusted within the company, they go, right, you should deal with him. You know, here's another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. But Big Show is one of those big plodding bastards, in fairness. At least Kane had talent. Uh, and Taker I'll give you that, yeah. To some extent. Uh, as for the match, not much of one. Um, nah, it's probably my least favourite stipulation. Yeah. Um, Heidenreich, obviously, fear of Cassius gets played in the story a bit early on. Um, he manages to take over the fight a little bit. Um, it gets, Undertaker gets him in a triangle choke up in the corner, but it seemed like nobody knew what the fuck it was at this point. Mm-hmm. I think he was just in, uh, introducing this into his repertoire. Because um, the commentators struggled to see what it was, and the fans never reacted to it. And I'm going, yeah. nobody knows what this is, pal. Mm-hmm. Um Snitsky comes down um, in the middle of the match. A bit mm-hmm. of nothingness in between there. Um, he comes down. <laughs> basically nothing. Uh, it brings very little until... They beat down Taker enough when they go to open the casket. And as they open the casket... And I noted this is the first time it had actually been opened. So Keane's been in there a while. <laughs> he sets up um, from the casket. Could get a big pop from that one. Uh, he comes in. Evens the odds and him and Snitsky disappear through the crowd. Um so, it, wasn't the fin- it wasn't the finish. No, this like, was... Um, I, I, I thought this, I thought this was going to be, right, take it up, you know, hit the tombstone, mm-hmm. game over. Um, but it looked like they were trying to tease at the possibility of a tag match, probably at Mania. Um, no, and going off of Meltzer's Observer, this was actually one of the plans. Um, luckily, it was changed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that, that looked like what they were looking to do there. Uh, and I'm glad they didn't, because I don't think it would have been well received. Yeah. Uh, Heinrich uh, then moves the casket up the ramp to then push it back down um, at the taker, which I thought was a good-looking spot. Um, it was probably the only spot but, of the match. Yeah, it was the only one that thought, you thought, that's pretty creative, you know, with some, 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 some way to use a casket. Uh, but sooner rather than later, um, taker 
But there's a big leg drop, which I thought was quite good. Um, yeah, yeah, that was. Heinrich was half in, the, half in the casket, brings the lid down, hits a leg drop on it. Um, thought that was good, and then um, the finish. Dodgy looking DDT. Heinrich was all over the place, mistimed, um, looked horrible. Choke slam, tombstone pile driver, and rolls him out in the casket. Win the match in 13 minutes 20 seconds. Uh, too long again for me. And obviously, would have been Kane came out. That should have been your. That should be that, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the one thing that you've uh, glossed over there was uh, Heidenreich goes for a pin attempt after hitting a deep six. Oh, yeah. Oh, which just summed the match up entirely. Like, it doesn't even know what my stipulation is in. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. Got to say, garbage match. It's, I say that's my least favorite stipulation. It's probably the worst stipulation in history, man. Give me fucking Judy Bagwell on a pole any mm-hmm. day before this bollocks. I think the thing that always really thing with me about it was like, Obviously, once they get backstage, they just open it and let the guy out. Obviously, because they're yeah. always back the next day, the next night or whatever. So it's like, yeah, it's not like a buried alive match where they're off TV for a while. The casket match just, ah, well, yeah, you can just you can just get out of it. It's not. Yeah, but I think this feud had been going on for quite a while, and as as had the the Kane Snitsky feud. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they just outstayed their welcome too much. Um, that should probably just have been the blow off there. To be honest with you, was yep. you know just plant, just planting the heels and having the brothers of destruction just stand tall at the end. Um, but not the following night on Raw, Kane would take on Snitsky in a cage match in the main event, um, and the feuds would carry on a bit. It's like <laughs> beating a dead horse, you know. What I, I mean? think they're uh, they're really wanting to hold out until Lita comes back for injury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so backstage, Eddie Guerrero is being scolded by Teddy Long for stealing Ric Flair's number. Um, <laughs> Evolution then come in, um, give Rick his number back. Uh, he's so good here, though, because Rick Flair comes in and he's like, give me my number back, and he's like shaking hands with him. Oh, yeah, yeah, see? <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> and then after he gives him his number back, he's like, yeah, day. And then he hands over his wallet as well. Rick Flair doesn't realise his wallet is missing. Um, and just, he goes up to the brilliant. How the reason is that in this segment, um, Triple H is the least charismatic of the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know about that because when you're in there with Ric Flair and Guerrero <laughs> you're always going to be third best Oh, I'd, I'd say fifth best behind uh, Teddy mm. Long and Northeastern <laughs> I would also go with that So uh, fair, fair play the Evolution then have a small argument there, the tension's clear uh, Triple H says he wants to sort out this odd business right now, but he just says no, I'm going to go get my number first and I'll be back in five minutes and he's quite calm about it and then Triple H is you know, trying to stamp his authority a bit they go nose to nose, um, and it takes Ric Flair to smooth things over a wee bit with him. Um, <laughs> just make up words, Yeah, yeah. But very nice again. Just, just wee arguments here and there. Nothing in this world, but the fact that they're on the wrong side of things. Yeah, can't wait for this one to blow up. Um, we then see uh, Christian enjoying his number um, before the US champion John Cena walks in. Christian does a little rap for Cena. I've heard worse. Uh, <laughs> wasn't it bad? Uh, <laughs> and then Cena, Cena just, you know, on another tangent, just <laughs> wrecks him. Uh, Doctor of Thugonomics, absolutely brilliant. Uh, so, how, how are you rating the segments so far in between the matches? I'm quite enjoying the, them. The, the backstage <laughs> segments are 10 out of 10 so far. Mm-hmm. They've been absolutely superb. Yeah. Very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, WWE Championship match, Kurt Angle versus JBL versus The Big Show. Triple threat, no disqualifications, of course. Um, WWE Championship on John Bradshaw Layfield coming out in his big limo with the biggest set of bull horns on the front of it I've ever seen. They seem to have got like double XL for the rumble. Uh, he must have a tiny cock, man. Like, what's <laughs> it, you know, fucking hell, John. Yeah, bye. So uh, he won the title from Guerrero back at Great American Bash, which would have been in the summer. So he's held this belt for six or seven months by now. Um, yep. Long run so far. So 
basically Kurt Angle goes straight to the outside, leaves him in the ring with Big Show, very, very smart. Um, JBL and Angle had a last man standing match on SmackDown. Um, on the th- I think it was Thursday, SmackDown was here at this point, so on the Thursday before. Um, so they were still showing the effects of that. So Kurt Angle quite smart to leave JBL with the Big Show there. Uh, the Big Show got a good run in this match. Like, he had a lot of the offence. Yeah, because he's the babyface. Yeah, um, which and, took and me a long time. Through Took injury as well. Yeah, <laughs> like, so well, he's got yeah, two weaker but... opponents in there, and he's he's the biggest guy, and he's a baby face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the crowd seemed hot for him, like not overly, but yeah, he was over. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing with Big Show, you kind of quite pinpoint when he's facing when he's heel. Well, it seems to flip flop so much. When I first seen the the guys coming, I was like, "Fucking hell, three heels in this match!" Because mm-hmm. surely Big Show isn't a baby face. Look at this; he's fucking massive, man. He's he's big as he's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just bizarre. Obviously, Angle was getting the use up, and he's obviously heel. And JBL's not going to be face, is he? No. Well, this is bizarre. Would you make a, um, th- this version of Big Show a big body with a handlebar, Tash? Nah, no, not no, no, no. <laughs> He's, um, nah, not for me. No. Um, so, we, we get a good wee bit of match here. Um, JBL then eventually close, men, close lines of both men to the outside, um, and they start using the environment. So, Big Show moves the steel steps over to the side of the innings table. Um clears the announce table and then begins to take GBL up there for a choke slam. That's what's evident what he's going for. But Angle hits the low blow while he's on the top and crowns him with a TV monitor and Big Show does the big slow fall through the announce table. Um, so he's going to be sitting there for a wee while. Uh, <laughs> but I like the way he did that where you know Big Show just running run a mock so they had to sort of do something a little bit drastic. Low blow while he's on top of there and I thought it was quite creative. It was a creative yeah, way to take him in the match for a wee bit. Great looking spot. Um, the, the way he delayed it was like a big tree getting um, chopped uh, down. Ah, it was the old timber spot, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. The, big, the big giant coming down. Um, I'm going JBL. Obviously, they, they they're back in the ring. One on one. Big Show is back before long. To be fair, they get a wee bit of a match between the two of them, but I think it was kind of just like take my show up for a couple of minutes. We'll have a wee bit of back and forth so we can tell our own wee story and we can come back in and start to clean up. Um, and he does. He comes back in, runs riot. Um, Angle JBL take him down with a chop block and a close line from hell, sort of like a, a dual thing, but JBL is way too slow. So, like, Angle has to like slow down. So, Angle hits mm-hmm. the ropes and he's already at Big Show's leg when JBL's hitting the ropes. So, JBL has to try and make up the distance, but luckily, Big Show just sort of took half a knee and then took the close line. Um, what a veteran. <laughs> oh, yes. Can I just end the situation? <laughs> um, Angle's German, Angle German's JBL. Um, Goes for the pin oh. on Big Show and gets tossed for miles with it after the pin. See this? <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, then Angle hits the Angle Slam on Big Show, which is fantastic. JBL then tries to steal the pin, so they've tried to nick the pin off each other. Both heelish moves there. Um, no joy whatsoever. Choke Slam from the Big Show, but JBL gets his foot on the rope from the pinfall, so manages just to get out of dodge with that one. Um, he then slides out, Big Show follows, and then runs him through the barricade in the corner. A spot that we know so well nowadays, but it was quite newish then. Um, don't know if I'd seen it up to that point. Um, I think when Goldberg came back, he'd done it a few times. Ah, you could be right, actually, yeah. Um, that's kind of 2003, though, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a spot that never gets old, is it? The big bastard getting uh, launched through the, the barricade or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, so we have Big Show and Kurt Angle left standing. Obviously, the, the cabinet, that's the Basham brothers, and the one job come down to make sure GPL's okay. Um, well, well uh, Big Show goes back in the ring, Kurt Angle's in the corner, like, hiding a chair with his body. So like show couldn't see it sort of thing the way it was mm-hmm. like it was bent down had the chair side on so it was thin so you couldn't see it I thought that's quite smart you know um, maybe that's just me overthinking <laughs> yeah, but of course Big Show comes back in takes the chair to the gut 
Um, but as he goes for a big show with the chair to the head, Big Show picks him up, flapjack, lands head first on the chair, Kurt Angle does that as, um, and just as Big Show looks like he's going to win the match, down comes Angle's goons, Mark Jindrak and Luther Reigns. Um, what a come down to go for Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas to these two. Uh, it's, it's quite a... <laughs> uh, it's quite a demotion, isn't it? Yeah. No, no wonder Angle looks miserable in the ring. Oh, I can't blame the guy. Um, so Mark Jindrak and Luther Reigns, no, no relation to Roman. Um <laughs> so Big Show leaves the ring fights those guys up the ramp um, GBL somehow gets back in the ring hits the closing from hell on Kurt Angle and steals the win after 12 minutes and 4 um, thoughts on the match? Um, it wasn't bad um, I think if anyone else is in there except Kurt Angle the match goes down drastically uh, in quality for no way out then <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Angle's setting the pace so yeah. whenever Angle's in it's good whenever Angle's not in it's bad well, one thing I will say um, I, I thought the pace was there the entire match yeah. um, I thought I didn't think that there was any there was no rest holes it didn't seem to be slow um, which given GBL and, and Big Show were two thirds of this match I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with that um, well, I think the format of Triple Threat there should never be rest holds because indeed. You should be going out outside the ring through a, like what was the big show through a table, so you get a wee rest spot there, kind of thing. You know what I mean? So you shouldn't really need to start the match with headlocks and and stuff. Yeah. Um, also, like the fact that um, obviously GBL through his entire title run, every match that he won, he seemed that he just got out of dodge every time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I like I like that. Like he was just he just looked so lucky to be the champion. It's such mm-hmm. easy heat to get, but to, to consistently do it. Um, it worked so well for him, really worked well for him. Because um, you know, you'll you, you see later on, he just rubs it in anyway, despite the fact that he's no right winning it. <laughs> um, <laughs> we see a really good backstage promo, uh, backstage segment, sorry, yet again. Uh, Carlito's backstage and he asked Batista to sign his petition to get rid of Teddy Long from SmackDown. Uh, Batista refuses, so Carlito starts like chewing his apple like he would normally spit it in someone's face. And uh, Batista says, Did you watch Raw last week? <laughs> you see what I did with that flagpole? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine I could do with your little petition there. He just sort of like swallows the apple and just moves on. And I'm like, That was a fantastic segment. Great visual. Uh, yeah, it was really, really good. Uh, the comedy has been on form tonight. <laughs> uh, the right kind of comedy, you know. Um, so that leads us on to the final singles match of the evening. Triple H versus Randy Orton for the World Heavyweight Championship. A tale as old as time. Uh, long-term story here. Triple H obviously forming Evolution back in 2002. Uh, Randy Orton would win the World Title at SummerSlam 2004. Uh, Triple H and Evolution would obviously turn on him there. Um, they would thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, obviously out of jealousy. Uh, and eventually Triple H would take that honour away from him. Not like him, you know, burying younger talent. Um, so since then, Orton's obviously constantly tried to fight to get the title back. And this becomes that's really the kind of blow off match. This is the final match um, between the two before they kind of go their separate ways and put this story to bed. Um, Randy Orton, born in my light, reigning pyro, love it. <laughs> ah, look at this cocky bastard. Twenty-four <laughs> years of age here now. I, I turned twenty-four this month. I could never imagine being in that <laughs> position at twenty-four, looking that good at twenty-four. Yeah. Um, I think it's often overlooked when a young guy comes through and has to deal with that pressure and how well they cope with it. Um, Unfortunately, the crowd don't love Orton um, in, in this show in particular. Um, there's some audible Triple H chants and Orton sucks chants. Um, it's bizarre it's, world. <laughs> well, nah, it's not. It's, to be fair, it's a tough situation. See when you're, um, see when you're forced to turn face, it just doesn't work. You need to have. You need to do something that turns your face instead of you getting battered off the heels to turn your face. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's more of a sympathetic thing. Yeah. 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 
and he's still reverting back to his babyface move set, like the old crossbody off the top rope. We picked that mm-hmm. up on the last pay per view, and um, <laughs> fucking hell, Randy, have you not stu- have you not turned to me yet? <laughs> Three <laughs> weeks ago, fucking ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous stuff. Uh, Fast start to the match. Orton gets his early flurry before going for the RKO, which I like wriggles free. Um, excellent drop kick from Martin. That's one thing I will always give him mm-hmm. uh, his drop kick, but especially back then. My God, they get some height. Um, goes for another RKO, but in mid-air, he gets dumped over the top rope. I quite like that. I'm not sure if I've seen him do Sick. that very often. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that was a spot where he'd done his shoulder in, wasn't it? Um, oh, that happened. Yes. I don't know if it was the, the original one when he just get going, but he certainly happened to maybe like 07, 08 time, and it was Triple mm-hmm. H that again dumped him on the top rope, fucking destroyed his collarbone. Jeez, oh, aye. Horrible spot to take. Yeah, I remember that now, because it looks like it could be semi-safe, but you need to be quite quick with it, don't you? Um, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, he's, he's hanging on there. Um, mm-hmm. So that turns the tide in Triple H's favour. Um, it throws Orton into the steel steps, and he strikes the Orton pose for the banter. Uh, <laughs> did you like the Triple H's Orton pose? Did you rate it out of 10? Um, it's a Bret Hart 5 out of 10 for me He <laughs> <laughs> uh, starts to work the left leg of Orton which has been taped up from previous altercations uh, wraps an ear on the ring post chop box and even a figure 4 um, which lasts about 14 minutes um, giving the game the advantage Orton gets back in by kicking Triple H over the Spanish announce table. Uh, modified backbreaker, forward left and right hands, spring and neck breaker, normal neck breaker, power slam, and all two counts before the big crossbody off the top. Which is how how nice is his snap power slam when Triple H comes off the ropes and he just yeah. oh his timing's incredible, absolutely yeah, amazing. really nice. Um, yeah, that, that's one of those moves as well. Like certain people, obviously him and Goldust are the two. I would say like they can hit that move. Any time of day. <laughs> Goldust, eh? Oh, fucking hell, eh? Yeah, Goldust got one. Yeah. Enough. Dustin Rhodes as he's known as nowadays. Goldust um, is fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Triple H back in a little bit. Face buster. Goes for the pedigree. Um, Orton gets out. Does Triple H's favourite spot. Sling shots him in at the corner. Lucky's arse never came out. Um, <laughs> goes for the RKO. Gets pushed into the corner and hit with the Harley Race knee on the way out. Um, so a nice exchange here. Once Orton comes back out in the match after the working of the knee, the pace quickens and his tempo was there um, and there was a lot more going on and it felt like a better match. Um... Orton gets out of a second pedigree attempt, attempts a DDT, but Triple H holds the rope. Orton takes the back bump uh, and just continues to sell like he's been con- concussed here. Yes. Um, he's, yeah, he's got that. I've been on a four day bender. Parasite, <laughs> <laughs> more looking his eye. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Fuck. Uh, Jerry Lawler calls it the Krispy Kreme look. Uh, eyes glazed over. Um, so they put that over the fa- over the fact that he didn't know where he was. Uh, Earl Hedner goes to check him out, but as he does so, Triple H attacks him, knocking Orton and the referee to the match. So the ref can't call the match off. Um, just somewhat smart, but considering he's a heel, he probably should just have wanted that. Um, yeah, fair point. Yeah. But this, of course, allows Hunter to go and do his, one of his other favourite spots, retrieve the sledgehammer. Um, he goes to attack Orton, who's on the outside by this point, but Randy pulls him by the trunks into the ring post. Um Orton then sees the sledgehammer sitting in the corner of the ring, so he grabs it but gets clotheslined out of his fucking boots. Mm-hmm. Um, Triple H then grabs the sledgehammer, gets rid of it as El Hebner comes too, so he doesn't get caught with it. Has the pedigree and wins clean, um, or as clean as in 21 minutes and 28 seconds. Um, far too long for me, this one. They should have, if they took out the middle portion of the match where it was just kind of ground to a halt, it would have been fine. It's just always, it's just standard Triple H, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, you need to have that extra seven or eight minutes. You don't. You don't need it at all. Uh, what I will say though is uh, during Triple H's entrance, uh, there was an absolutely fantastic visual where Triple H was doing his uh, wee water spit, 
and uh, Orton is in the background uh, in the kind of he's out of the spotlight kind of thing just looking on oh it looked amazing absolutely incredible Mm -hmm. really like that Um, yeah in terms of the match for me there were some really good parts of the match that I quite enjoyed to be honest Um, wasn't a fan of the the concussion finish thing I thought Triple H should just have smacked him in the sledgehammer and and won won it that way Um, I think that would have been better for everybody just to be honest with you just to you know Orton's got an out because he's been hit with a weapon Um, and at at the same time you know Triple H still gets a clean enough one um, well, I think it had to be decisive because this is the end of feud tier. Um, yeah. This is the semi-finals finished. You know what I mean? Um, before he moves on to the final, um, it was a good showing for Orton in the match. But in terms of like result, result of feud, or oh, took him, took him a long time to come back for this. Um, yeah, the, the, the whole um, the whole thing of Triple H working the leg as well that annoyed me because it never played into the finish, it never played into the match after that. Once Orton no. comes back from it, he doesn't sell it. So it's like you know you. you, you you probably worked on that for a good six or seven minutes. I mean, mm, cut that out of match. It's a great match. Yeah, um, yeah totally agree. Totally agree with that. Cut angles backstage. Um, Nunzio is running around with his, his number, uh, his, the ball with the number on it, throwing it up and down. And he comes out the corner, catches it out of his hands um, and says, this is my number now. If you want it, we'll fight for it. <laughs> Nunzio went, nah, fuck that. <laughs> uh, so Nunzio shits himself to cut angle. Cut angle takes his number. Um, so he's going to be in the Rumble match now. Um, I liked that wee segment as well. And then this is one of the better segments of the whole show, this one. Bischoff and Teddy Long's backstage. Um, GBL and his cabinet, they come in celebrating. Um, they keep pouring champagne over him. Uh, <laughs> and he can't, he, he, he literally can't see. Did you notice this? Like, yeah. He was pouring into his eyes and he kept trying to wipe it away and he just couldn't see. Um, <laughs> but then Teddy obviously tries to tell JBL that his next, when his next title defence is. They keep talking over him. I'm like, maybe he's actually pissed. Like, you're not supposed to actually drink it, JBL. <laughs> it's, it's for the cameras, come on. Just <laughs> um, so something about he's going to get an escort service tonight and everything. Uh, <laughs> he's getting proper into his character here. Um, but he, he, he then reveals that he's going to take on the big show in a barbed wire steel cage match. Um, and, and JBL's smile soon drops. He quickly sobers up Stuart. Um, and that'll be no way out in February, which we will be covering. Um, so we're going to have Jim Ross and Taz calling the Rumble match, the main event. Um, strange p- partnership, this. Uh, Very strange. This to to Lauren and Cole. So. <laughs> um. I would I would have preferred JR and Cole, but we can't we, you can't win them all. No, I'm afraid not. Um Hillard Finkel gives us the rules. Ninety second intervals, elimination occurs when an individual is thrown over the top rope with both feet touching the floor. Last man standing standing gets the WrestleMania main event. Hillard Finkel doing a lot better than I did just there. Ten out of ten <laughs> to the Fink, never stumbled on his words or anything like many have before him. To play to the lad, he's a he's a he's a veteran. He know he knows how to call the rumble. Oh yeah. <laughs> Crafted it. Um so, representing SmackDown at number one, Eddie Guerrero, and number two, representing Raw, Chris Benoit. Um, two best friends, the two men who stood tall at WrestleMania 20, uh, Benoit winning last year's Royal Rumble uh, from the number one spot. Pfft, what more do you need from a number one and two? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's absolutely the right pick. If you look through the, the rest of the roster, um, it's your two probably best condition guys, mm-hmm. and they're going to go a long time. So, yep, absolutely fine with that. And it's the best base for the match as well. No matter who you throw in yeah. there with them, they're yeah. going to give them something, you know. Um, <laughs> and we'll find out when we get to number three. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, two of my favourite wrestlers of all time uh, felt each other out with some scrappy wrestling at the start, which I actually really liked that. You know the way they were sort of like clumsy mm. because they were like trying to, they were literally just trying to grab each other. Yeah, and it's kind of yep. like, I like that because it looks it real, like sh- you know. Yeah, it was like a shoot. It was like a shoot Yeah, wrestling. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So and number then, three, <laughs> here it comes. Speaking <laughs> of shoot wrestling, uh, the tough enough winner, Daniel Puder, um, the guy who tried to break Kurt Angle's arm, if you need any reference. Um, he grabs a mic, cuts a promo, says he's going to win the Rumble as the first tough enough champion to do so. Um, spoilers, no, he's not. Uh, Benoit and Guerrero, um, they take this time to initiate the young man. Um, Show him some of the finer arts in the wrestling profession um, by chopping the skin off his chest. Uh, <laughs> they had a double suplex on him. There was a slight actual scary moment. Benoit gets him up for a back suplex. It looks like he's going to fall on his neck, but Benoit sort of corrects him on the way down. Safest house he's in the end, but it was one of those things I was like, I oh. bet you shit yourself when he was up there, though. Yeah. He definitely went back too far. Uh, and then Guerrero hits the three amigos as the countdown clock comes down. Thoughts on Puder here um, before the next guy comes in? <laughs> um, for somebody that took our angle to the limit, shoot-wise, and nearly, like, grounded them, fucking, I'd be... If these guys are taking liberties, fucking take a receipt, mate. Yeah. Like, is it, they're good professional wrestlers, Eddie and Benoit. Um, I think Daniel Puder would knock the shite out of them. At the same time, and add in this third cunt to the mix <laughs> and bring your fucking dinner because you'll need I, I, I would me. love to have seen number four, Hardcore Holly. I'd love to have seen him and Puder in an actual cage somewhere just yeah. to see. Because mm-hmm. Holly kind of deserves it, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, abs- what, what a dick, man. Um, yeah. you see, the big, see the big grin on his face when he comes down the ramp? Like, he knows what's going on. Oh, you fucking wanker. Yeah. So, and, and, and JR says it as well. Hardcore Holly, who hates rookies, um, see Matt Capitelli, for example, mm-hmm. um, young lad who was on the original Tough Enough, who he broke his fucking nose um, yeah. in the for ring, no apparent reason other than his possible attitude. Um, so he asked Benoit and Guerrero to step aside, and he chops the shit out of them as well. I think fair play to Puder for taking the initiation sort of thing, you know, um, to try and get in the club. It's a different time in 05 as well. It's not quite like it is nowadays. Nah, um, shouldn't, shouldn't it be happening in front of a live crowd? Or shouldn't it be happening on a pay per view? No, I'd agree. I mean, I think I think he was so he was doing an OVW up to this point as well. So he was kind of doing there trying to learn. Yeah. Um, and they've obviously brought him up because obviously he's won a big contract and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That was that was, I mean that was a legitimate part of tough enough, you know. Million million um, dollar contract. It was something. I but I think it was only that for the first year. Then after that, they offered him like twenty five grand or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mostly. And he never took it, but. Um, so he comes in. He takes a kick in the stones, an Alabama slam, which I've never seen one delivered with such venom. Um, and is eliminated um, as number five enters. But just before he comes down to the ring, Hardcore Holly gets tossed out as well for his trouble. So we've only got Ben Wang and left. Yeah, I like how they've done the whole elimination off camera. Like that's how little, that's how low you are on the card that yep. your your elimination doesn't even get shown. So quality. And it was two, it was was it last year. Yeah, it was it was two thousand and four, in which Hardcore Holly was actually fighting for the WWE Championship against Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, um, which is remarkable to think that even happened. After his legitimate neck break. Uh, so number five is the Hurricane. Um, Hurricane gets double teamed by Benoit and Guerrero uh, before Eddie tries to eliminate Benoit. Nice wee mm, sort of... Yeah. You know, oh, by the way, you know, it's every man for himself, blah, blah, blah. Um, but Hurricane, slight offence in before Eddie gets eliminated, gets eliminated by Eddie and leaving just in time for number six to come in. Do you remember this guy, number six? Kenzo Suzuki. Kenzo Suzuki. Um He's quite a big guy. He's fucking massive, isn't he? I, I, I always thought he was like a cruiserweight or something. Just oh, from my no. memory. And then I seen him here and I'm like, fuck it, he's massive. He's yeah, he'd, uh, he'd a wee run with um, him and Rene Dupree, I think. Were, were they no tag champions at some point? <laughs> I believe you're right, yeah. Yeah, during that kind of golden era, <laughs> smackdown, <laughs> quote unquote. <laughs> uh, it was, yes, it was. I'll, I'll, um, I'm just fact checking that there. It absolutely was. Um, 
I, 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 I thought Kenzo was okay. Um, I've seen worse in terms of like Japanese wrestlers who have come into WWE style. Not many have done that well. Um, and he was maybe just another one of those attempts at it. Uh, <laughs> did, did we not have this conversation at the, in our year in review one? <laughs> I don't believe Kenzo Suzuki's name came up <laughs> when we included no. Asuka and Nakamura and Tajira. No, absolutely not. No. Um, I think Tajira was still about at this time as well. So no, he was he was a, he was a second best Japanese wrestler on SmackDown at this point. Um, <laughs> it um it a valley as well. Like um, dressed up as your kind of like a traditional kind of Japanese fucking doll. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I can't, remember, I can't remember the name of that. Sort of no. There's a, there's a name for it, but yeah, yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Um, but I, I like here that when, when other people come in, Benoit and Guerrero team up on them. Yeah. And then when it's just those two, it's, it's, it's all go, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Um, there's a nice wee sort of story being told there as well in terms of, yes, my friendship, there's a friendship there, but they don't mind fighting each other. Um, I quite like that. I think that's missing in today's day as well, where guys just don't mind fighting anybody, you know. And there's just sort of like a, Let's be friends, uh, bud. You know, yeah, like, a, well, I'm just an a, intensity, a competitive intensity. There. Yeah, yeah, a healthy um, competition. I, I mean, at this point, you know, you've seen these two guys, and then you're thinking, two best wrestlers in the world, maybe excusing Kurt Angle, but, you know, yeah. two of those guys just sound like fun, phenomenal. Uh, but much tries to eliminate Guerrero, so they kind of turn, you know, turns back for what Guerrero did him moments before. Um, and then the clock appears again, and it's Edge off his match earlier in the show comes in with a flurry before nearly eliminating Eddie Guerrero. Um, double duty for Edge tonight, fair point to him. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Had a lovely drop kick to Eddie uh, as soon as he gave an absolutely gorgeous drop kick. Randy Orton levels a drop kick. <laughs> uh, number eight, it's your boy, uh, Ray Mysterio. Uh, you know, he, he's out with classic interest music, so he gets a pass. Uh, Bulldog on Edge and eliminates Kenzo Suzuki with a head scissors. It was very nice and very quickly done as well, because people maybe think, Back to probably, but a small guy like Rey Mysterio, how's he going to toss people over the top rope? Mm-hmm. Exactly like this, he's going to use his body and his momentum. Um, yep. So I like that. Um, I don't know if this was his first or his second one, but I'd assume he was in the year before, but I don't remember. I never bothered to look it up either. Um, Eddie has a nice total world backbreaker on Ray and Benoit, one of my favourite moves, mm. and he's one of the best at it. Um, number nine, Intercontinental Champion, representing Raw, Shelton Benjamin. Um Good flurry from him as well. Nice back <laughs> run, run, runs wild, man. Goes yeah. to work. Uh, GR, I love GR. Always called him obviously one of the best pure athletes in the company. Yeah, um, and he's, he's not wrong, is he? He's phenomenal. <laughs> um, I, I like how GR pops himself by like, I, I signed this guy. He's fucking yeah. amazing. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> Put yourself over there, big time, GR. Brilliant. Fantastic. Uh, number 10 a third of the way through Booker T coming in uh, of course Booker was in a world heavyweight title match at WrestleMania 19 two years ago however no sooner is he in the ring than the camera is back on the ramp with Eric Bischoff coming down to give <laughs> his guys a pep talk uh, yeah I, I thought it was strange that you know obviously when people come in make their entrance to the rumble they have a wee flurry spot in the middle of the ring so they get their kind of 20-30 seconds on camera Booker mm-hmm. T not interested at all in a big spot <laughs> he just leaves the budgies on the edge in the corner and then here comes Bischoff fucking brilliant stuff uh, I, I don't understand. I don't really understand this, but it, it comes to fruition later on. But he's coming in and he's going around the ring like cheering his raw guys, and I'm mm. going, does he realise they can't win the match yet? There's still twenty people to come in. Like, yeah. you know, it's not like why are you not winning? You're like, come on! Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. uh, but obviously, it's made clear later on. Um, number eleven, um, another previous WrestleMania headliner. Um, who was number eleven? I've not run it down. <laughs> Uh, it was definitely not Luther Reigns. It was uh, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, thank you. Why haven't I written his name? Um, <laughs> he gets a big pop. He's, he, he's the biggest pop so far in the Rumble. Yeah. Uh, 
Booker T comes out, he comes out early for eight. Booker T brings him down a peg a wee bit. Um, Teddy Long now comes out as well. Uh, to cheer his SmackDown guys on. Um, speaking of big SmackDown stars, um, if you want to know what an anti pop is, um, <laughs> here it is right here. It's Luther yeah. Reigns, yeah. Or Kurt Angle's uh, prodigy. Uh, <laughs> absolutely no reaction whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. It's the fucking um, Rowan. It's Eric Rowan. Fucking yeah. pop, isn't it? Like, just like there silence. wasn't even a boo. Uh, it was just <laughs> total silence. Um, so uh, the SmackDown guys take the right side of the ring. The Raw guys take the left side of the ring. They all face off. It's brand warfare. Uh, so we've got Ray, Eddie, Luther, and Booker T on the SmackDown side. The Benoit, Edge, Jericho, and Benjamin on the Raw side, and they all brawl. So that's your roll call there with those eight guys left in the ring. Um, and that'll be why Teddy and Bischoff come down for that one brief spot. And uh, number thirteen. Um, assigned, assigned to <laughs> no one uh, Muhammad Hassan the, uh, the second people you match man. oh what a reaction um, you can tell they're doing something right with the character mm. um, in terms of the reaction that he got you called it absolutely spot on in the last episode Mark uh, this guy could have went straight to the top no no problem at all um, <laughs> and then fucking Murica gets her spot in mm-hmm. <laughs> for the old gang up on the Muslim lad <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, nice Vince, it was the classic. most like almost racist thing. You know what I mean? It was kind of like I was just, if they, if they just so so they're all obviously four on four. He comes in, they're all united. And all of a sudden, yeah. it's like nah, this guy's getting it. So it takes a beating. It takes a six one nine, um, and then everyone picks him up and throws him out. Um, I I I quite enjoyed that segment. I got a really good reaction from the crowd. Um, <laughs> So number fourteen is the the chief of staff of the cabinet, Orlando Jordan. Um, number fifteen is Scotty Too High. <laughs> uh, sorry, Orlando. <laughs> what can you say? I mean, uh, Scotty Too High comes down, however, on the ramp he gets jumped on his way to the ring by Muhammad Hassan uh, on his way to the back. So locks him in the camel clutch that gets his heat back a wee bit, um, and Scotty doesn't even get to enter the match. So it's the old Curtis Axel treatment. Um, no entry for you. Number 16 is Charlie Haas and bright orange trunks. Um, <laughs> doesn't he suit him? He's too bland for bright orange yeah, trunks, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no offence, Chaz. <laughs> Comes in, just gets leathered by Booker T. Um, Booker T gets his furry here. This is So we didn't get it earlier on. This is yeah, getting he's yeah. getting Charlie Haas' spot. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> like he yeah. I don't think Haas got a punch. He got leathered. Oh, he comes in, gets leathered by Booker T. Uh, Booker eliminates Luther Reigns and Orlando Jordan before he has a big spin of Rooney. Gets too overzealous. Uh, lays out Mysterio and then runs towards the ropes because it gets low bridge by Eddie and over the top he goes. Um, I love Booker T here and obviously he's on SmackDown at this point so he's, his career is still to rocket again. You know, he's kind of on a down just now but he's oh, kind of working yeah. his way back up. Um, fair play. Sheldon Benjamin also has a nice T-bone suplex on Rey Mysterio here just before the next entry which was gorgeous. Um, Rene Dupree is number 17 uh, with his poodle and French flag. Only 20, we well, was talking about earlier, he's only 21 here. Um, of course, the first person, and I think to this day, the only person that will be to win a title as a teenager. Um, and the only one who would come closest that young Nicholas kid to win the tag ah, champs. Good. <laughs> I like how you didn't say he's the youngest champion. Well done, Mark. Yes, yeah. I did work my way around that one. Um, Haas hangs him up on the top rope. Shelton Benjamin gives him a nod. Um, and they hit the, the old finish of the world's greatest tag team, Unite. Um, I like that. There was no, no funny business either. Um, just the old, you know, the, the old high five thing and, mm-hmm. and moved on. Um, like that. Uh, Edge moves, sorry, Shelton goes for the, the big splash on Edge in the corner, the old stinger splash. Edge moves, so he sort of jumps to the top instead, um, and then Edge just pushes him out and eliminates him. So I like that, it's a unique elimination, because Shelton loves doing that spot, 
Um, it shows his athleticism and um, Edge gets the, the heat by eliminating him. Um, a bit of a fan favourite, so fair enough. Yeah. Number 18, formerly Nova in ECW and the Blue World Order, of course, Simon Dean, uh, the fitness fanatic character at this point, promoting S- fitness like some kind of herbalife enthusiast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was a spot of the rumble for me. I fucking love this. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to say, he is right up your alley, oh, Simon Dean. Oh, fucking amazing. <laughs> so he's got his, he's got his wee bag of herbalife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he just lays it down on the outside, starts striking them, and he just starts warming up on the outside, <laughs> fucking jumping jacks. He's, got, yeah. he's, he's doing his wee, his wee hold all with all his, all his protein, his weight protein in there. He puts his weight belt on, and he's doing his, he's doing his burpees and his jumping jacks. And then, um, while he's out there, um, Edge actually eliminates Eddie Guerrero, who's who went 28 minutes and 11 seconds. Um, Shawn Michaels comes down next, and he comes out in the ring. By the time he gets to the ring, Simon Dean's in the ring doing squats with dumbbells. <laughs> Just sitting in takes... the corner of the ring. I'm like, oh, this guy is brilliant. Talk about commitment takes... to the character. Takes over the rumble with that spot. Loved it. That was excellent. Um, HBK, of course, comes in, attacks Edge. Um, obviously, they've had trouble and eliminates Simon Dean with a uh, sweet chin music. Uh, who, as I said, was just doing squats in the corner for whatever reason. Um, the only thing missing from Simon Dean at this point was his memory. Remember, he had to be, um, what do you call those things? From Paul Blackman and Mocop. You know, the sort of. You move, oh, the, uh, the, the, the segue, segue, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, that's all he was missing because he brings it into his character later. He does, as well. he does. And his wee yeah. ear microphone, and he's just like motivating the crowd and stuff. I thought that was a fantastic character. It was such easy heat. I mean, it was you know a comedy, uh, lower mm-hmm, mid-card mm-hmm. character, but I thought it was fantastic. Um, so HBK's in. He's got a bit mental at this time. Eliminates Charlie Haas. Um, so roll call we have Rene Dupree uh, Chris Benoit Chris Jericho Rey Mysterio Edge and Shawn Michaels and number 20 Kurt Angle of course stealed that, stealed, stole that number from <laughs> Nunzio um, the first mayor of Suplex City taking everyone for a ride here um, pace fucking skyrockets when I was in um, he's just unbelievable eh? <laughs> I felt um, waiting for Angle to come in just that wee kind of spot before it that I thought I'd just ground to a halt um, mm-hmm. everybody was just like kind of looking around for a spot to do um, yeah, then as soon as Angle came in I was like ah, here we go this is the match actually starting yeah, but he, he suplexes everyone mm-hmm. gets an ankle lock on Michaels eats a sweet chin music and gets eliminated in about 70 seconds I mean he's just a work he's just a workhorse though like. yeah. Um, but yeah he gets eliminated um, in almost no time but you know, in terms of how it happened, it, it, it didn't look bad from it, did he? I mean, <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, number 21, uh, the coach uh, must be short on numbers this year. Yeah. Uh, he goes for Benoit, then runs to the corner and just grabs the rope. I quite like that. Uh, but why would you pick Benoit, of all people? <laughs> uh, Ray, Ray Mysterio, um, near elimination for him, but no result there either. Um, Angle's other prodigy, Mark Jindrak, comes down. But as he comes out of the ring, Angle comes in, eliminates Michael's. Um, Smashes him with the steel steps, spots him wide open, and locks in the ankle lock. Um, all in about thirty seconds as well. Like, yep. he's, just, he's just in fast forward all the time. Um, <laughs> Finlay and Malenko come down to take him to the back, which I thought was a nice wee note. Um, you've got you've got to notice the new stars of the show, you know. That's what we do here. Uh, so oh, Michael's oh. is out with this one as well. <laughs> Do you like or dislike that spot when a guy comes back out in the match to eliminate someone? Uh, I generally don't like it, but I like it in this case because I know exactly what it's building to. Yeah. Uh, fucking right. <laughs> I think if you're building to a good match, people won't mind it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the start of a feud there, so yeah. We'll yeah. take it. Uh, number 23, Big Viscera. Uh, what a scary one fucking do to you, by the way. Um, who's going to throw this guy over the top? Mm. Um, 
Paul London comes in, it's certainly not going to be him. Uh, Jericho launches the Rene Dupree over the top at this point, actually. He does his wee, wee French dance thing. You like that? I don't know. Because uh, <laughs> you do not have a dancing shoot. That's Absolutely. right up your alley. Uh, 25, finally things pick up a wee bit. It's the Doctor of Thugonomics, John Cena, comes in. Runs wild, and I mean runs wild. He just runs into everybody. There's no rhyme or reason. Just, he looks so clumsy at times. He just mm-hmm. burrows into people. Um, and then, like, uh, Viscera's in the middle of the ring, and he's just hitting him as he's running by. <laughs> um quite like that wee, that wee moment when he came in and eventually he would toss the big man over the top rope all by himself Viscera eliminated by John Cena we need to take over here shoot these rumbles are getting me all tongue tied uh, <laughs> Schnitzky number 27 thank you <laughs> uh, he's, he's looking as if he's had a hard time man Barton, Barton and Bruce he's, um, he's got the ribs taped up he's, uh, he's got the black eye um, I think it was a segment on Smackdown uh, where him and Kane went like off the stage or something mm. Um, uh, they had a last man standing match, correct? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Or they had some, some sort of gimmick match anyway. Yeah. Um, so I all taped up from his wars with Kane. Um, Shock horror. Look who's in next. <laughs> it's oh, Kane. Yeah, I know, I know. Don't miss, the, don't miss this fantastic spot. It's London over, over the apron and fucking just leathers him. Did you see mm-hmm. this, man? My God. <clears throat> so... London ends up on the outside apron and Snitsky um, hits him with a clothesline and just turns him inside out. Um, London sells it like an absolute boss and I can't tell if it was a sell or not, but he, he did look legitimately injured. Yeah, it, it looked like he, he hit him right in the napper. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, in terms of like, I'm not really a big fan of brutality, but when a big guy squashes a wee girl like that, I'd always add something to the match. Um, we also get a wee, a wee bit of Cena and Snitsky locking horns before he gets the big boot and Snitsky stands tall as you said number 27 Kane um, who holds the record for the most eliminations at this point as well um, and they've never done good on about it choke <laughs> uh, mm. slams for everybody um, especially Rey Mysterio who gets fucking way up um, oh aye we actually see Paul London getting stretched out on the outside uh, mm-hmm. don't dwell on that one too much uh, no, Kane eliminates Jindrak yeah, uh, just, I mean, because like normally they put him on the backboard and lift him on and stuff like that, but they kind of just picked him up, <laughs> dropped him on it, and wheeled him. They did. They fucking just dropped him, didn't they? Uh, fucking hell! How's your neck? Ah, oh, never mind. You're uh, <laughs> On you go. Then a wet paper towel and a fucking magic sponge. You'll be all right. Um, so Kane eliminates Jindrak. Um, the coach Peril harbors him. Snitsky saves the coach from a choke slam and hits a pump handle slam on Kane. And uh, number twenty-eight is the animal Batista, and what a pop he gets. Um, he comes straight in, uh, Snitsky goes, sorry, he comes straight in after Snitsky, out he goes, uh, Kane gets Batista bombed, which I thought was fucking brilliant. Um, mm. Like, to pick up a guy like that, in such a controlled fashion, fair play. Um, and Jericho gets caught and eliminated by the animal as well. Um, number 29, Captain Charisma, obviously he drew his number earlier on tonight. <laughs> with 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 pre-mark trousers Tomko. <laughs> yes. I'm sure you noted that. It's paper mache <laughs> trousers. Uh, <laughs> So Cena FU's Kane over the top rope at this point and Ray has a 619 on him as well beforehand. It's, it's all getting a bit out of hand here. Um, and they decide to start working together. That's Ray and Cena, two baby faces on SmackDown roster. Um, and the final man, who else could it be? The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, 1992 Royal Rumble winner. Um, 11 years later and still going. I wrote still going strong, but I took the strong bit out. Um, nah, I like Nature Man. He's on fire at times, just his character, like just the way he struts around and the way he just acts all the time, I think it's fantastic. Um, probably past his best years in terms of wrestling at this point, but uh, certainly still got something to entertain us with. Definitely, um, yeah. 
So, Rick and Batista, obviously, they take it to coach before he's tossed out. Christian gets the same treatment, eliminated by Big Dave. Benoit takes a spine buster and gets tossed out. 47, 26, 47 minutes, 26 seconds, he went. Um, outstanding performance. As always. As always. Um, Batista's guard is down slightly, and Nate's tries to pull a fast <laughs> one, eliminating Batista. And, like, he comes in the back point. of the head. Uh, but he just doesn't move and he just flops oh. and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> like, Incredible. Rick Flair knows how to make us laugh, you know. Like, he but doing nothing. Like, he's done, he's done literally nothing. And <laughs> uh, he's, he's got the crowd in the palm of his hand. Fantastic. He's excellent. Um, I just stared down a little bit. Edge and Ray had a drop kick um, onto Batista. Um, and then Flair uh, gets eliminated from the match. So we, we, we now have the final four, which kind of came out of nowhere as well. I felt like there was so many poor people left in the match at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're left with Rey Mysterio and John Cena of SmackDown and Batista and Edge for Raw. Which fair play to Edge, by the way, because obviously he had an 18 minute match at the start of the show mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears> some talent is... in the ring for the final oh. four. Big time. And the thing is as well here, I mean, these are four guys who none of them have held the World Championship at this point. So you know you're, you're making a new star here. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the most important thing to know in terms of they were about to give all four of these guys that chance. Um, that's an excellent point, actually. Yeah. So Edge spears Batista. Uh, Cena goes for Ray, for, for Ray who leapfrogs, um, gets Edge on the middle rope and hits a 619. Um, misses his West Coast, Coast pop and gets eliminated via spear by Edge. Um, this rumble's tiring me out. <laughs> uh, it, was a, it was a bit of a weird finish. Like, um, So if you imagine Ray's hung up on the right-hand side ropes, instead of bouncing off the left-hand side ropes, Edge bounces off the kind of the top, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of furthest away ropes, and just kind of goes sideways this way. It just looked fucking strange. Um, yeah. uh, Batista, so Edge goes after John Cena and Batista, trying to get the two of them out at the same time, but he gets body dropped over the top, leaving uh, Batista and John Cena as the final two. The crowd are going mental for this. Uh, so two big baby faces, um, two homegrown talent, two stars that are on the rise. Um, what a moment, first and foremost. Obviously, we spoke about this a wee bit on Batista's episode um, that we did, but two great individual journeys, two entirely different journeys, you know, from the same place, um, but to come in here and culminate to be the final two in the Rumble. I just think that's a fantastic story. I don't yeah, think we'll ever uh, see that repeated at that level again. Absolutely not. Absolutely um, not. Incredible. Um, so Cena gets Dave up for the FU. Um, I'll call him Dave because obviously we know him personally. Sure, don't we? We've done his reviews. We know everything about him. His dad was a barber, you know. Batista gets him up for the Batista bomb and they sort of tumble back um, and they both go over the top rope and hit the floor at exactly the same time. And when I say exactly the same time, I mean exactly at the same time. Um, If they tried to plan that spot, they would never have hit it. Like, that, no, not a fucking chance. Yeah. Was it it, um, the Luger and Brett year when it was a joint winner and they both tumbled out at quote unquote at the same time? Mm -hmm. And that was about as close as they could have done it, you know. Uh, but, uh, but what they've done there is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> it's the fact that there was a wee slam noise as well. Like the noise of hitting the mat at the exact same time yeah. as well. You're like, there's nothing to tell them apart with. I would love people say, like, where would you like to be a fly on the wall in wrestling? And some people say, in the dressing room after the screw job or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Yeah. I would love to have been in Gorilla at this point. <laughs> I would love to have seen Vince's reaction. Um, I actually listened to JR's podcast recently about it. Um, and obviously that what happened afterwards. So obviously they're in they're in the referees' ears telling them what to do here. So the referees the, the raw referees left Batista's hand and the SmackDown referees left Cena's hand. Yeah. Um 
And it's sort of like, oh, what's going to happen here? We can't have a, a draw again, surely, like we did all those years ago. And here comes the irate boss man, uh, Vince McMahon, comes down fucking livid. Uh, <laughs> you see them. Um, throws his jacket <laughs> down onto the floor, runs, gets to the ring. He's so angry, he's just running the ring. Tries to stand up and just collapses. Uh, so he just sits against the ropes like a child. <laughs> um, Batista then throws Cena over the top rope. Cena then throws Batista over the top rope. Um, and Vince tells Finkel to restart the match. Now, I remember this at the time. like It wasn't worthy properly, obviously, because it was all done on the fly. This obviously wasn't meant to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they, I said that and that, we're going to, to go for a full rumble again. <laughs> like the first time I remember the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh, 30 again. Everybody back in. <laughs> uh, um, but also, thankfully, it just meant to restart between Batista and John Cena um, with the winner getting that spot. Obviously, very little time left in the pay per view at this point. Um, so they restart the match. Batista has a spine buster, tosses Cena out, and wins the Royal Rumble match. Um, also a little bit of fallout there, Vince McMahon actually tears not one, but two quadricep muscles, uh, one his left and right quadricep muscle tore. I think she tore one getting in the ring, and mm-hmm. then tried to stand up, he tore the other one. Um, and it was GR that said that as well, and GR said when he went back after the show, Vince McMahon was just sitting there in Gorilla, <laughs> just like sitting there like a child with his legs in agony, telling everybody to get the fuck out of Gorilla and stuff like that. But um, to, to, to tear both quads and to barely sell it, you know, obviously he couldn't physically stand up, yeah. but you wouldn't really know that he was. I mean, that's a bad one. Yeah. And to do it on both legs, fair point. Mm-hmm. So he, Vince, Vince gets a He's bump of the night. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> um, uh, and that's how many, that's now, um, what, the sixth injury in two pay per views this year? Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and, and, and leg injuries as well. How many there? I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. Um, but what a rumble that was. Um, Oh, absolutely excellent rumble match. Um, the the quality and the talent throughout was was absolutely staggering. Um, this this rumble's long forgotten. I mean, obviously everybody remembers the spot at the end, yep. but you forget how good the actual match is building up. How many storylines are told in it? How many matches get set up for Mania? Mm-hmm. Um, this is up there with two thousand and one for my taste. It's probably it's probably just misses out uh, on top spot uh, to the two thousand one rumble match, but um, yeah. I think that's the beauty of the Rumble matches as well because you can go and watch them and you you, you, you watch certain ones and you're like, oh, that one's like my top three now. Mm-hmm. And you go and watch other ones and you go, okay, that one's up there as well. You know, because they're all up there for different reasons. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think, I mean, this match is it's, it's up there. I think the only thing that lets it down is the entirety of the star power. There is a few names in there you would take out, you know, um, like Paul London's and stuff like that, guys like that who were just in there to make up the numbers. There were four or five <laughs> yeah. short of a fucking full deck, you know what I mean? Yeah, there was there was um, no kind of surprise returns or anything like that. So you take mm-hmm. out the guys like London, Coachman, you know, guys like that, and um, you bring back the stars from yesteryear. Um, yeah. But I think that's also part of the thing as well, is like, you know, they, they, they could never go it right, could they? Because they're giving young guys a chance here. And when there's no there's no one in returns, and they could have given loads of returns and say, oh well, what about all the young guys? So you could you know they could have had it either way anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. You have to give them their due for giving these guys their spot. Um, the guys who are on the roster all year round. Um, so 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 fair play in that regard. Um, thoughts on that finale then in particular because I, I love that finale. I think it's one of my favourite endings to any rumble. Um, <clears throat> it's one of those strange ones like like. How they didn't run out of time at the end is staggering, mm-hmm. which, you know what I mean? Like, fucking, was it meant? Was it not kind of thing? Um, if it was meant, then they'd done a hell of a fucking job. Um, 
but it brings it down a half a point for me because it was a botched finish by the looks of things. Historically, it's considered a botch, so it's a nine and a half out of ten for me for the rumble yeah. match. Yeah, just just for the rumble match the, itself. Yeah, I thought the match was great. Um, I thought, I mean, the referee's done a good job as well. Like um, the the batting forward, and then obviously the the guys throwing each other out one time. Yeah. Um, but it kind of made Cena look like a bit of a dick. Uh, the fact that it's just a like, one spine buster, out you go, kind of thing. So I yeah. thought that was a bit harsh on Cena. Yeah, but obviously, Big Dave's the man, and he's going to Mania. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I don't think it makes you look that bad on the on the thing, but I know what you mean. There's all that time sort of waiting about, um, mm-hmm. and it used to be put out after one move. Um, but yeah, I understand that. Obviously, the Batista bomb was what they were going for originally, um, and they seem to just make an arse of that altogether. So I don't know if maybe they should just done the Batista bomb at least and done the finish. But listen, if time is of the essence, they had to do what they had to do. Um, overall, uh, I'll give the show an A minus. Um, I thought it was very good. I think the only real change I was make would be in that World Heavyweight title match. Um, I think that's the only thing that really brings it down. That and maybe a few names that are just a little bit short. And in terms of getting that, you know, A to A plus rating, um, it was just a little bit short of that. But still a phenomenal show. Um, um yeah, that, that that's fair. Um, I've given it a B, um, B slash B plus. Um, a couple of reasons. Um, a few of the matches just went on far too long for my taste. Uh, the casket match was uh, brutal to watch. Uh, it was a, it was a low I, I, point. Not, not in a sense that I. Not was a brutal match. It was brutal yeah. to watch. <laughs> brutal to watch. Yeah. Um, the rumble, f- fucking fantastic. Um, I think we're back to form after New Year's Revolution. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I said what to WrestleMania. I think start to peak a little bit. Tensions are running high. Um, <laughs> a little bit of fallout storyline-wise. So at this point, uh, obviously the Royal Rumble winner Batista now had a choice to make um, to take on Triple H and stay on Raw or join SmackDown and challenge GBL and that would be the storyline coming out of WrestleMania. Uh, of course, Evolution trying to convince him to go to SmackDown for his own good, of course. Nothing to do with Triple H not wanting to face the animal. Um, some of the other ideas coming out of the Rumble, obviously we spoke about Kane and Taker versus Hyde and Mike and Snitsky. Thankfully, I hope they thought that doesn't happen. We don't need to sit through that. Um, and cut angle to Shawn Michaels. Please, God, yes. <laughs> um, so if, if I have to sit through that tag match to get to that, then I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. So the, obviously the rest of the matches we build over the coming weeks. So we'll be back in late February with No Way Out 2005, Sure, I'm looking forward to that. We SmackDown uh, pay-per-view. Obviously, we did the Raw one there in January, so that'll be interesting. I mean, any pay-per-view with Taz and commentary, you're going to pop for, aren't you? Oh, I it's already going to get at least a B plus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but a wee bit before that, we'll do that one at the end of February. I think early February. I think we should do a wee palate cleanser. Um, so we're going to head into a bit of WCW right up your alley. Sure, as soon as I'm going to have to make you sit through some more Taz commentary. Um, it's a late Christmas present. Yes. Uh, so WCW in 1994, Super Brawl four. Um, there's a few matches in there. I think it's probably as far back as we've went. Um, yeah. There's yeah. some interesting ones in there. Lord Stephen Regal takes on Arn Anderson in a colossal TV title match. Uh, that one goes so, long. Yeah, um, so but, take my money. Yes, it'll be worth it. Um, there's also two Thunder Cage matches, uh, one of which is Sting, Brian Pillman and Dustin Rhodes taking on Steve Austin, Rick Rude and Paul Orndorff. And the other one is for the World Heavyweight title between Ric Flair and Vader. Um, I'm sure that's a one-off show you won't want to miss. I'm quite looking forward to doing that one. Absolutely. Uh, so until then, Stuart, thank you very much for joining me in on this one. Always a pleasure, Mark. And we will see you all soon.